0: Hey, uh, today, part three. We've been in a series for the last uh, couple weeks Chosen People, Royal Priesthood. Um, All of our messages are on our podcast, so you can listen to them online, um, on your smartphone, Google, Apple, any of those, our podcasts are available. So if you've missed either of these last two messages, please go back and listen to them because they are extremely powerful. We've been getting a ton of feedback from these. People are enjoying them, they're being stretched and they're growing. And so please listen to those. If you need help with our podcast, figuring out how to use it and where to go, please come see me, and I would be glad to do that. You can subscribe, and that way every message that we do is uploaded there, and you can listen to it as many times as you want. Awesome?
1: All right, are you ready? You got your Bibles? Or your phones? Sweet. Woo! Let's pray for just a quick second. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for your peace. I thank you so much for your grace and your anointing. I pray that this word would be your word. I pray our hearts would speak your heart and that the glory of your presence would be revealed through everything that we say this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. It is so cool. Should I move? Okay, stand over here. There we go. Hi, guys. I'm going to fall over that stool. You guys good? You ready? There's one person. She's ready. (laughs) Hallelujah. We're going to talk about, what day is it? Does anybody remember or know? Oh, you all know. Good job. Hooray. I forgot. No, I'm kidding. I didn't. So today is Pentecost Sunday. And guess what we're going to talk about? Holy Spirit. Spirit. Are you ready? How many of you have ever heard of the Holy Spirit before? Good. That's great. Good news. This is not going to be surprising information. We're going to talk about ask and receive. And I just feel like I need to take a minute and just be real with you guys. This is not always an easy topic to bring up. Because everyone has a different opinion or thought or um, experience even, especially. And even, you know, if you've grown up in the Pentecostal church or you've grown up in a Catholic church or you grew up in a Methodist church, this conversation needs to happen. We need to talk freely about the Holy Spirit. And the enemy doesn't want us. I, I have rewritten this message and the message for tonight three times. It's been one of those things where I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to say? I could address this question, that question, that question, that question. There are so many questions regarding your Holy Spirit. And he said, Leslie, I need you to just shake off all of that. And I need you to keep it simple. It's very simple. Holy Spirit is very, very, he's, he's miraculous and powerful. I'm not saying he himself is simple, but when we talk about the Holy Spirit in our lives, he is supposed to be with us every single day. It's simple. He's not something to be left out in the cold or to be ignored, but the Holy Spirit is to be an active part in our daily lives as believers. Amen? So good, so good. So last week we talked about being the royal priesthood a chosen people, a royal priesthood. We read First Peter 2, nine. but you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Why did he save you? just to keep you out of hell, he saved you so that you could be in relationship with him as daughters and sons, holy and righteous, heirs in the kingdom, kings in the kingdom, right? To broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. That is what we are to do as priests, as daughters and sons, to broadcast God's gloriousness. His wonders, his riches, his goodness throughout the entire world. That's a big job. Yeah? It's a big job? Is it a hard one? Shouldn't be. Somebody said it here and there. It shouldn't be. There's no hard part in this. It's that we're his treasures. Priests who are kings, spiritual nation, set apart as God's devoted ones. When we say yes, that's who we are, period, end of story. When we say yes, this is the power that we have access to. It's not complicated. It's not messy. It's simple. Holy Spirit steps in. Jesus left, right? And he said, I'm going to send one. Get ready. You think I'm good. Right? He didn't say it like that. That's Leslie's version. But he's, he was like, go and wait. It's good. He's coming. Okay, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry, Travis. Okay. Let's look at Luke eleven nine 9 through 13. I'm in the Passion Translation. We were listening to Dan Muller speak, and he said something that both of us grabbed hold of because a lot of the time we, we get Scripture And we want to, we feel like we need to prove something to you. Like we need to prove it. We say that this is the truth, but let's prove it in the word. Do we have to do that? Does the word speak truth? Do we have to prove the truth? No, that's, that's works, isn't it? That's us feeling like we have to make you believe when the truth of the word of God is the truth of the word of God. And the proof is there. We don't, but it's, we want to read scripture not trying to prove anything, but relaxing and trusting in it, right? Reading the word of God. Are you following what I'm saying? We read the word of God in a place and a mindset not to prove that it's real. It, we know it's real. We know the word of God is true. So we're not up here to prove something to you today. We're not up here to prove the existence of the Holy Spirit. He exists, period, end of story, Right?
0: Yeah, and it, to go along with that, we can, if we want the Bible to say something, we can make it say whatever we want. We can take scripture and use it to get out of a relationship or to end a marriage. If we, if we are reading scripture with that mentality to build a case for something, right. we can pretty much make scripture say, take it out of context and make it say anything we want it to say. And what Leslie's saying We read it from a pure heart, not to prove or disprove anything, because we've all done it. We've all been debating, and here's what you should believe, and this is why, and you're proving a point instead of reading it with a pure heart and saying, God, I take my lenses off, my Travis lenses, I take, okay, I can't see if I do that, but I take them off. What do you want to speak to me?
1: What does your word say in all purity? So are you ready? Here we go. Luke 11, verse 9. So it is with your prayers. Ask, and you'll receive. Seek, and you will discover. Knock on heaven's door, and it will be open for you. Every persistent person will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he needs. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. Let me ask you this. Do you know of any father who would give his son a snake on a plate when he asks for a serving of fish? Of course not. Do you know of any father who would give his daughter a spider when she asked for an egg? Of course not. If imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when His children ask Him? I love this passage. Because sometimes the Holy Spirit can seem illusionary, not real, or that God doesn't really want to give him to you because you're not good enough or you didn't do the right thing or or all the excuses we build up in our heads to make the word of God not the truth. What does he say about Holy Spirit? He says that ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And God will give you his Holy Spirit's Fullness fullness let's jump ahead to John 20 Jesus speaks about the Holy Spirit we were looking through and and you know we use Acts 2 because the Holy Spirit fell in Acts 2 and I say fell came upon the believers in the upper room that day. They were filled to overflowing speaking in other tongues, speaking languages they had never learned. But we were so excited as we were studying and studying and studying to see Holy Spirit, which we knew this, but when you just like refresh yourself, Holy Spirit's all over the New Testament. Not just in Acts, right? He's all over. So let's look at John 20:19 20, through 22. That evening, the disciples gathered together, and because they were afraid of reprisals from Jewish leaders, they had locked the doors to the place where they met. But suddenly, Jesus appeared among them and said, peace to you. Then he showed them his wounds, the wounds of his hands and his side. They were overjoyed to see the Lord with their own eyes. Jesus repeated his greeting, peace to you. And he told them, just as the Father has sent me, now I am sending you. Then taking a deep breath, he blew on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. In the footnotes in in the Passion Translation, the Greek word used here does not appear elsewhere in the New Testament. The Greek word for breathed Holy Spirit does not appear anywhere else in the New Testament. However, it is the same word found in the Septuagint for God breathed into Adam's nostrils. The same word when Jesus breathed on his disciples, received the Holy Spirit, was the same word that breathed life into Adam. The beginning of a new creation, life, came from the breath of Jesus. The mighty wind of Acts 2 was for power. The breath Jesus breathed into his disciples in this verse was for life. I've heard it said, we've heard it said, you receive the Holy Spirit at salvation. I've even said that. The Holy Spirit is the one that tenderizes your heart, that prepares your heart to say yes to Jesus. But what happens at salvation, what the Holy Spirit breath of God in you is life. What happens when, when Jesus says this, He breathes life into them, they're saved and redemption life, they're restored back to the first Adam. They're restored back to what like it was in the beginning, a right and perfect relationship. Amen? Are you following with me? Are you tracking? Okay, so when we say that the Holy Spirit was breathed on them, when he breathed on them, I thought this is so good. This is so good. Because we make excuses. Yes, we get him at salvation. He is with us, but there's more. Follow with me. Luke 24 49. I'll give you a second to get there. And I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you. So stay here in the city. Until the mighty power of heaven falls upon you and wraps around you. The mighty power of heaven, Jesus is saying this, these are Jesus' words. So he's speaking to the same disciples that he breathed the breath of Holy Spirit into them, that brought them into a right relationship, that gave them the breath of eternal life. And then he said, But there's more. There's more. Go to Jerusalem and wait for the power from on high. We get hung up sometimes on this right here. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit is clear. That that there is an experience of life with Holy Spirit at salvation. But then there is a Filling. We're going to get to that. I'm getting ahead. There's a filling of the power of the Holy Spirit. Jump ahead with me to Acts 1, 4 through 5. Acts 1, 4 through 5. Jesus instructed them: don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about. The Father has. The gift the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I love this. I love this so much because the Father promised His Holy Spirit. Is Holy Spirit something that you have to work for? Do you have to beg for the Holy Spirit to be active in your life? No, He's a promised gift. He's a promised gift to you. When you receive Jesus, guess what? The promised gift of the Holy Spirit is yours. And he told them, go after it. Go wait for it. The promise is coming. The filling of the Holy Spirit in your life. They had no idea. They had no framework for this. They had no idea what they were going to experience But they knew that Jesus said Holy Spirit was coming. He said he was the divine encourager, that everything they need would be through him. And so they said, yes, we're going to wait. We're going to do this. We're going to step into this zone. Jesus speaks of two encounters with the Holy Spirit, receiving life through the Holy Spirit and receiving power through the Holy Spirit.
0: Okay, so we're going to jump. go to John chapter 4. We're going to look at two different stories of Jesus where we see the difference here, exactly what Pastor Leslie was talking about, between life and power. So John chapter 4, this is Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well. If you remember the story, his disciples are on their way to minister, and they have to go through Samaria to get to where they're going. And Samaritans and Jews did not associate with each other. Samaritans were looked at as dirty, unclean, not acceptable to God. And so Jesus' his disciples go into the town to buy some food because they're hungry, and Jesus sits down at a well, and a Samaritan woman comes out around noon, to draw water from the well. There's a whole lot more to this story we can get into, but we don't have time for it today. And Jesus looks at her and asks her for a drink. And this is what it says, picking up in verse 13. Jesus answered, If you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again. And it will be forever, they will be forever satisfied. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit springing up and flooding you with endless life. The Greek verb there used for springing up literally means jumping or leaping up. And that word was never used for an inanimate object like water. It was always used for people, for human beings. He's saying the activity of the Holy Spirit is going to flood you. It's going to give you a rebirth. Your spirit is going to be reborn. Like when Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit over his disciples, the breath of life came into them and renewed their spirit. And this is exactly what Jesus is talking about here. When you drink the water I give you, the Holy Spirit's going to come rushing through you. And he is going to give you new life that is going to well up inside you to eternal life. Now, go to John seven. Jesus here is at the Feast of Tabernacles, a week-long feast in Jerusalem, and it's the last day of the feast. And Jesus stands up on the last day and just starts shouting out. This is what he says, okay? Starting in verse 37. Then on the most important day of the feast, the last day, Jesus stood and shouted out to the crowds. Can you imagine being there? All of a sudden this dude just gets up and starts shouting right in the middle of the feast. All you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst Out from within you, flowing from your innermost being, just like the scriptures say. Now, Here's the most important part. Keep going. Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that believers were being prepared to receive. But the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out upon them because Jesus had not yet been unveiled in his full splendor. When you drink my water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit welling up into eternal life. Then he says, drink of me, and out of you will flow rivers of living water. Does that sound like two different experiences? I think it does. It's not the same thing. Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit comes within you, and you are rebirthed, reborn, given new life through his power. He is within you. And then he comes upon you, and out of you will flow, flow rivers of living water. Isn't it so cool here that Jesus says, all you thirsty ones, come to me and drink. So a drink becomes a river. You drink of him, and that drink becomes a river of living water that flows out from you. Okay, so, Pentecost Sunday today. We couldn't preach a message like this without talking about Acts 2, and we're not going to read it. I'm just going to briefly uh, summarize what happens. Acts 2, the birth of the church. Jesus has ascended into heaven, and he says, go wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. Ten-day prayer meeting going on. And all of the sudden... What's the word say? The sound of a mighty rushing wind filled the house where they were staying. And a pillar of fire descended. You know what theologians say this pillar was? They say this pillar of fire that descended into the house was the same pillar of fire that led the Israelites out of Egypt and through the wilderness into the promised land. That's pretty cool. I would never heard that before. We read that when we were studying for this message. The same pillar of fire came, and each one of them, the word of God says, was consumed with this fire. And they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The Holy Spirit empowered them, and the church as we know it today was born. You see, the Greek word here for filled, when it says the Holy Spirit filled them, is pletho, and get this, it means to be filled outwardly. Filled outwardly, not inwardly, outwardly. Or to be furnished or equipped. This anointing of the Spirit is for ministry. Each believer needs the filling of both the Spirit inwardly for life. Jesus breathed on them the Spirit. Receive my Holy Spirit. They were reborn. And filled outwardly for ministry, for power. So then, okay, we see some pretty cool examples of this Holy Spirit outward filling as we continue through the book of Acts. Go to Acts chapter 8. We got a lot of scripture today. And I hope by the end of this you're saying, wow, I had no idea how much scripture there was about this. And how simple it is. It's not overcomplicated, overly complicated. So here we go. Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the Samaritans had accepted God's message of life, they sent Peter and John to pray over them so that they would receive the Holy Spirit. So the Samaritans, remember the unrighteous, unclean, unworthy people, had been born again. Mm -hmm. They had accepted God's message of life and they had been born again. So what do the apostles say? You gotta go. Who was it? Peter and John. You have to go. You have to lay hands on them so that they can receive the fullness of the Spirit. And so they sent Peter and John to pray over them for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and were yet to have the Holy Spirit fall on them. As soon as Peter and John arrived, they laid hands on them, on the Samaritan believers, one after the other. And the Holy Spirit fell and filled each one of them. The Greek here implies they took hold of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we have to take hold of the Holy Spirit. We have to go after the promise of the Father. Instead of just waiting for God to do something in us, we go after him.
1: I think sometimes we think the Holy Spirit is forceful and just kind of takes over our bodies. And then we just start to do crazy things. And that's not how God works. He waits for an invitation. Right? He's not forceful. You're not going to do something crazy. Although there are people that have had... Cool things flow out of them. It, it, it's not, Holy Spirit filling you is not spooky-ooky. Okay? Does that make sense? And it's that, go ahead, Travis, you can keep going. Just that, receive. Yep. Ask and receive.
0: Amen. So Acts 19, This is the last one and there are others examples of this all throughout scripture all throughout the new testament acts 19 starting in verse 1 while apollos was ministering in corinth paul traveled on through the regions of turkey until he arrived in ephesus where he found a group of 12 followers of jesus the first thing he asked them was did you receive the holy spirit when you became believers That's a different way to greet people, right? Like, hey, guys, what's up? How you doing? What you been up to? How's life? No. He's like, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit after you believed? That may, you know, surprise you if someone ran up to you and said that. No, they replied. We have not even heard, the, uh, uh, heard of a Holy Spirit. So Paul scratched his head and said, Then what was the meaning of your baptism? Another translation says, Whose name were you baptized into? They responded, It meant that we would follow John's teaching. Paul said, John's baptism was for those who were turning from their sins. And he taught you to believe and follow the one who was coming after him, Jesus, the anointed one. When they understood this, they were baptized into the authority of Jesus, the anointed one. Baptized. They were saved. They believed in Jesus as the Messiah. And when Paul laid his hands on each of the twelve... The Holy Spirit manifested, and they immediately spoke in tongues and prophesied. The Aramaic here means they spoke tongue by tongue and gushed out prophecies. (laughs) Two separate experiences. Have you received since you believed? Because there is more, and there's always more. You don't just receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit and then, oh, I'm good. That's all I need. I'm good for the rest of my life. I've heard a pastor one time say there's one baptism, many fillings. That every day we wake up, we say, God, fill me with your spirit. I need you more. I need you more. It's not just a once and done type of thing. I've heard people speak in tongues more than anyone and treat everyone else like a jerk outside of the church. That's not the kingdom. That's not the Holy Spirit, his enduring evidence, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The Holy Spirit is the one that causes that fruit to manifest in your life. And that is the lifelong evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Miracles, healings, prophecy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in every single one of us, not just pastors and leaders. You are the chosen people, the royal priesthood, to broadcast his wonders throughout the world. And we cannot do that. We are ill-equipped if we stop at the cross and we just say, Jesus, thank you for forgiving me and getting me into heaven. I'll just sit here and wait now. No. We got a job to do, folks. And we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to do it. Every day. Right? Amen. All right. Take it away, Les.
1: Woo! Take it home. Is that what you said? You guys getting hungry? Amen. <laughs> Tarry a little longer. That felt like a you know something Jesus would say. Terry a little longer. <laughs> Stick with me. I loved this. It's, it's Holy Spirit is not automatic, right? It is walking into a relationship, just like we were talking about last week, intimacy with Father. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We get all three in one. Relationship with Father. Salvation through Jesus. Repent and be baptized and be filled with the Spirit. Repent and be baptized and be filled with the Spirit. That's what's repeated throughout Acts. Repent and be baptized and be filled with the Spirit. Ask Jesus. Walk in redemption and be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you have the ability to walk free. Amen? Amen. I was nine when I was filled with the Spirit and began to speak in tongues. A missionary had come to our church. And I remember it were, was these altars that were in the old church. And I remember, I don't know how long I was in the altar, and I was weeping and crying and asking God to forgive me. And I was in this place, and I'm hesitant to share this with you, but I just want to share with you what God's revealing to my heart about the gentleness of his ways and the power of his spirit. We need to encourage our children to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was nine and I knew I wanted more. I knew I needed more. And when that missionary implored my heart, all I could do was say, please God, everything. Give me everything. I need it all. And I wept and I cried out. This is my experience and it was in the altar. But I've talked to several people this week who have had very intimate experiences with Holy Spirit and they began to speak in tongues and they were alone in their bedrooms. Several people. They weren't weeping, they just asked. They weren't begging, they just said, I know there's more and I know I need him. Holy Spirit come into my life. And they were filled and the outward expression of that filling was the language that God gave them. But also the outward expression of that filling. It's not just tongues. We get tongue hung. We got to get off of that. Tongues is awesome and it's powerful and it's the language he's giving you. And every believer can receive tongues. It's for every believer. But. It's not the only evidence of the Spirit. So if you haven't spoken in tongues, don't get hung up there. The filling of the Holy Spirit, he said, ask and you'll receive. And the Holy Spirit will pour through you and will flow through you. And the outward expression of Holy Spirit is power. Amen? Miracles, signs, wonders, read through Acts. Just skip through and look for the words Holy Spirit. It's so much fun because you see like signs and wonders and miracles. My favorite one after the Holy Spirit came and the disciples went out under the anointing. My favorite one is when Philip is baptizing the eunuch, baptizing him in the name of Jesus and all of a sudden he gets transported from standing with the eunuch completely to a different location. Like teleportation, like the Twilight Zone, guys. I know we laugh, but it's so cool. That is Holy Spirit, that we're willing to trust him, that we're in relationship with him, and that we let his power flow through us. (sighs) Miracles will happen. Signs and wonders will happen. It's a guarantee. We don't have to prove anything. We just have to say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me every single day. Holy Spirit, I need your help. Holy Spirit, I am struggling in this motherhood journey. You gotta help me. You gotta help me. Holy Spirit, I don't know how to respond to this person. Help me respond in love. Holy Spirit, be with me. Holy Spirit, fill me. And you can pray. You can speak in tongues and pray, and the Holy Spirit intercedes on your behalf, and power flows from you. Every time. Every time. 1113, we already read it. If, if imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect heavenly father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when his children ask? How do you receive the Holy Spirit? How do you receive Holy Spirit in your life? Ask. you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. God doesn't play tricks on us. And we get stuck when something doesn't show up the way we think it is. I think we need to surrender all of our thought process. We need to surrender all of what we think it will be. And we say, Holy Spirit, this is me and you, and you created me, and I'm a unique being. And so you can fill me right now. I know you're filling me right now. And then you may start to speak in tongues. It may just pour out of you. You may not speak in tongues, and you may go home and you may get in a dire situation this afternoon, and you need the power of the Holy Spirit, and you just start praying in English, and all of a sudden tongues starts flowing out of you. We can't worry about that. What we need to to focus on is asking, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. And then look out. For it is not by human means, human power, human might, but by the limitless power of the Holy Spirit that God's kingdom realm advances on earth. Jesus builds his church through the Holy Spirit. Jane's word of prophetic word over this body a couple of weeks ago that the power of God is coming. The move of God is happening and we need to partner individually and the way that we make disciples is partnering with the Holy Spirit's power. Will you stand with me? Shake it out. Me a little while longer <laughs> because we're going to do something. We have a couple more minutes. Hallelujah. But we're going to do something before we have an altar time because I want to open the altars to you. We want you to be able to come to the altar. There's something about taking a step of faith and saying, I want more, I want more, I want more, and walking it out. But 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 you don't have to move at this moment. If you've been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you've spoken in tongues, and you've felt that power flowing through you, and it's been a while. I read 1 Timothy, or 2 Timothy this week, 1 through 6. He says, fan into flame, 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 and rekindle the fire, the spiritual gift God imparted to you. Fan into flame. Fan into flame. Holy Spirit, fill me holy. It can't be just a one-time experience when I was nine years old. It's a relationship. So this morning, if you are filled with the Spirit, and it's been years maybe since you've prayed in tongues or a couple of days, begin to speak in tongues. Begin to pray in the Spirit. Begin to intercede and say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Ask and receive this morning. Holy Spirit, right now. Ask and receive. And if you're in this room and you said, I have never felt that kind of power flow through me. I know I'm saved. I know I have Jesus' redemptive power flowing through me. I know that I have life breathed into me, but I want that power you're talking about. I want that power you're talking about. I don't want you to raise your hands. I don't want you to do anything except stay between you and Jesus, between you and the Father, and between you and the Holy Spirit right now. You can close your eyes. You can keep them open. But I want you to say. Fill me with your spirit. Ask and you will receive. So this is right now just you and Holy Spirit. And remember when your mind tries to tell you that this is crazy, when your mind tries to tell you that this is weird, when your mind tries to tell you whatever it's trying to tell you, you block it out and say this is the truth of the word. The truth of the word. And all he said to do was ask, and you will receive the power from on high. And it will wrap around you. And he will fill you. And it will gush out of you. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Right now, this is your moment. This is your time. You and him right now. Holy Spirit, fill. Holy Spirit, fill. Holy Spirit, fill. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, filled. you are so gentle. Holy Spirit, you are so gentle, and yet so powerful. And if you already are filled and where a language is coming, begin to pray out in tongues right now. Let the Spirit's power flow through you right now. Personal. It's not about the person sitting next to you or in front of you or behind you. It is about you and him right now. And the Holy Spirit is here and he's ready. He's not holding back. What you allow, he allows right now keep praying but as I give this next call I want the the folks that I spoke to about being ready to pray and lay hands on people if you want to take your position in the altar on this side and that side get ready Holy Spirit you are good yes you are good Holy Spirit you are good we're going to just take a few more minutes and what's so cool about Acts is that sometimes Paul laid hands or the apostles laid hands on believers to receive Holy Spirit. And sometimes all he did was pray and then, whoof, Holy Spirit fell, right? Travis read two different passages and there's more. But I believe there is power in the laying on of hands to receive. And so I have a set for several people up here that are ready. If you have not spoken in tongues, you have not received the baptism in the Holy Spirit with, with the power flowing through you, this is your time. And if you want someone to partner with you, because the Bible says, where two or three are gathered in my name, this is not manipulation. This is not trying to make it happen. This is you partnering with a friend, a believer, a brother or sister in Christ. You step forward, they lay hands on you. I've instructed them. They're not going to do anything crazy or weird. I've told them not to yell. I've told them not to push. I've told them, and not that any of them would do that. But sometimes it can get weird, and we don't need to be weird. They're just going to lay their hands on you, and they're going to agree with you. Power of the Holy Spirit. If you need a healing in your body today, you need a physical healing, that this is another moment that you can come and have hands laid on you and two or three are gathered in my name. That healing power will flow through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you need prayer over a financial situation, whatever you need, we have people right here ready as we worship and as we praise God and as we live in the Spirit in the next few moments and we cultivate this atmosphere of the Spirit, they are ready to lay hands on you. They're ready to anoint you. They're ready to agree with you. So you are welcome to come. If you just want to find a place in the room alone, and you just want to keep going and just praying, those that do speak in the spirit language of tongues, just just continue to pray. Continue to seek. Continue to knock right now. All right? You good? This is you and him. This is you and him.